Good morning, good morning, my friends. Welcome to the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamond. Oh, I was saying to Jean-Philippe, uh, uh, Sylvain Lalonde, in the master, mastermind this morning, we just meet for a simple 15 minutes, and Marie-Pierre said, oh, gosh, I love this book. I love this book. I love this book. Today, we're starting Chapter 4. For those joining for the very first time, what is The Millionaire of the Diamonds podcast? First of all, it's a great way for me to remember, remind myself where I come from. So my parents' company was The Millionaires, and they came here to Canada from Italy, crossed 5,000 kilometers to live their dream life. And they had confidence, Melanie Miller. They had confidence. Even if they didn't have an education, they believed that by crossing 5,000 kilometers and coming to Canada, they would be millionaires. And the first company they they um, they bought their franchise friend Tupperware franchise was called the Millionaires. So keeping them alive and everything I do, because I always remember you need to have roots so you don't fly away at the first storm, and at the same time wings so you can even fly higher. Uh, the podcast, we've named it The Millionaire of the Diamonds. The Diamonds is the 41-year company I am in with my husband with my, and with Mohammed. So today, we begin Chapter 4 from this very, very amazing book that I had never heard about before, Brian Tracy. And I think it's about the only book he really did write that everybody knows about, The, the Power of Self-Confidence. And it's, I'm telling you guys, even if you're following the podcast, you need the book. I think it's a great, I call it a Bible book, like on the side of your um, nightstand. Uh, just to remind yourself that everything is about confidence. I don't know what I'm doing. When I started Tupperware, I had no clue, but I knew I was going to be number one by age 20. I had no clue. I did the most stupidest things, you know. But I was confident. That was the thing. I wasn't, when you're confident, you're not embarrassed to make mistakes or, you know, you don't care if you look ridiculous. That's what confidence does. So you just keep going and going, okay? So what we're going to do today is Melanie Miller is going to open up the chapter four and she's going to co cover the law of belief. And there's a beautiful story in there. And now I don't know who's going to say the story on the train, if it's going to be Melanie Miller, if it's going to be Maggie Piaia. Somebody's going to tell you the story that we read in Stephen Covey's about the paradigms. Um, it, it, it's so important that everything you're going to hear right now is based on your beliefs that you have created over the years. And we got to undo some of those beliefs if you want to build your self-confidence and go forward. And who's going to help us with that? Nobody else than other Marie-Pierre Tetrault. You see, I had to say Tetrault. They had to figure out who you were. Okay. So one thing, one thing for sure, the more confident we are, the happier we are. The more confident we are, the more efficient we are. The more confident we are, the, the more we have a unwavering schedule. Lack of self-confidence makes us not be able to stick at an unwavering schedule. Lack of self-confidence makes us unhappy. Lack of self-confidence makes us defensive. You know when somebody says something and right away you're on the defensive side? Well, guess what? You're lacking self-confidence. Confidence is simply a state of mind. It's a way of life. And one thing is for sure, as I was getting ready my intro and my close today, I have to thank my dad, my dad, for installing me the most incredible self-confidence of all times. Did I ever tell you this story, guys? 
He gave me the keys to drive the car to go do groceries when I was 12 years old. I've been driving the car since I can remember sitting on my dad's laps. He had put wooden blocks on the um, um, gas pedal and the brake. And he says, if ever you get caught, my daughter, the cops stop you, tell them you stole the keys. That was my dad. He had no doubt that I was a great driver at 12 and that there was going to be no problem. But just in case, this is what you got to tell him. Now, I'm not here to listen to your opinions. I'm a great driver and he builds self-confidence in me. When dad gives you $100, could do groceries, cash, he trusts you at 12 years old. Let me tell you, your self-confidence is way up here. So I got to thank him for that. He never saw me as somebody that you can't do this. So I've been very privileged and I know that. But I also have a brother and sister. And one of the things I'm going to tell you right now, you know, you can blame your parents, you can blame your boss, you can blame whoever you want, but there's still an expiration date for blaming somebody. You know, at a certain point, you got to get your act together, your life together. I'm privileged and I'm blessed to have had a dad and a mom. My dad was the self-confidence. My mother was the vision, the craziness. This comes from my mom. Yes, granted. Okay, good. Good for me. Okay, but doesn't mean somebody else can't. You just have to accept. I am responsible. And that's when all the magic will start opening up. So our inner confidence will serve us as our compass, guiding us through difficult times and setbacks. So last night we were at rally and Wednesday night, and it's not been our best year, you know, in the last four years, right? It doesn't matter. And I was sitting there and I was saying, you know, are we going to cry that Annie Marchand, instead of making a million dollars, she's only going to be making $600,000. Are we really going to cry? Do you understand, guys? This, this is what confidence does. It makes you look at what is amazing. So difficulties and setbacks are dealt with with ease. And we are unafraid and we are absolutely sure that our next success is going to be greater than ever. And I'm here to prove to you guys, 41 years later, with all the setbacks, every new success was bigger and brighter than ever. So who wants more self-confidence? Raise your hands. Of course, I'm going to be the first one because the more we have, the further we can go. So this is going to be the sentence that I want you to write in sharing the podcast. Who wants more self-confidence? And share, share, share. Now, remember, you want to share it and every platform possible. In the meantime that you are sharing, over to you, Marie-Pierre, share with us the contest so some of us can win. Yes, we want to win. <laughs> so we have two contests in the month of November. So the first one is for everyone that contributes on our Facebook group, Les Millionaires des Diamants Inspirational Group. So every time you post, every time you comment, every time you post a reaction on the group, you contribute to the group. So you will be in the draw at the end of the month to win the phone case. And our top five will get the... Oops. 
<laughs> I used it. <laughs> My bookmark. Les millionnaires des diamants. So you won't uh, never lose where you are in your book. And our top five month to date, we have Louise Gauthier, we have Lise Boucher, we have Danny Chartrand, Joanne Corbeil, and Jacqueline Stockley. And the second contest that we have is for everyone that joined the group. Everyone that invites someone to the group, they will be in the draw at the end of the month for a vest, Les Millionnaires des Diamants. And I don't know if it's, the, it's, if it's the right word, but I would say it's fluffy inside that vest. You really want it. It's fluffy. So that's it. That's the two contests. I love it. But you know what I need, Marie-Pierre? I need a list of all the new people that are in the draw. And that I need a list of all the people that invited people that are in the draw. You know how I am, eh? I am so competitive, but a fun competitive. I, I like to play. In other words, I like to play. Melanie, you saw me playing, right, at the condo. Like, I love to play. I love to play. Uh, I need a list. <laughs> Who's in the draw for the fluffy <laughs> cardigan, right? Who's in that draw? So just before I leave you off with Mel Melanie, I just want you to understand life is going to be uncertain. But armed with self-confidence, we can transform any challenge into stepping stone to our next success. So we are excited at Tupperware the Diamonds to achieve our next success, which is going over and above the nine digit in sales, like over a hundred million. Now for that to happen, there needs to be setbacks because it's in the setback that we learn. We cannot be learning and developing the next level if I'm not in a curve towards the bottom. This is where the magic operates. So enjoy the ups. But enjoy also the downs because both are designed to bring us to our next level. So with no further ado, over to you, my friend, Melanie. Yes, and what I should tell everybody is Maria doesn't just love to play. She loves to win. <laughs> and uh, playing games with her is a lot of fun. So um, this morning, I'm so glad that we clarified who's doing the story about the train. <laughs> because uh, I decided not to do it because I thought, oh, I'm sure Maria is going to cover that. Um, and so now I'm uh, glad to know that uh, Marie-Pierre is because it's an amazing story. So I want to talk to you about the law of beliefs. So the law of beliefs becomes your reality. That's basically what it means. It says you behave on the outside because of your beliefs on the inside. And how can you know what they are? You listen to your decisions, how you observe things, what your opinions are. And I know that Marie-Pierre is going to tell us more about that a bit later. But yesterday, while I was walking with Alan, we were talking about Ukraine and Israel. And both of us believe that Ukraine has every right to defend itself, to stand up and ask for help. But being the devil's advocate, Alan turned to me and said, but Melanie, you don't understand. When you look at history, Ukraine was never its own country. It was part of us. We want it back. And so when you look at the, the war of Ukraine and Russia, both of them believe they're in the right. And because they both believe they're in the right, and neither of them are prepared to talk to each other, um, what happens? We get a war. 
the the um the dogma and the inability of people to appreciate or understand other people's points of view is why we go to war both sides of the israeli gaza war believe they are right sometimes your belief or lack of belief in yourself will determine your business outcome so I was going to summarize the book, the story, and I said, no, 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 I'm not going to summarize it. I'm just going to read it because it's always better in its original form. So this story is called The Power of Belief. There's a story about a man many years ago whose business was in serious trouble. He had lost some big sales. He was deeply in debt and his suppliers and creditors were closing in on him. He didn't know whether he should continue struggling or just declare bankruptcy and let his business fold. He decided to go for a walk in the park that evening to think it over and decide what to do. He was standing in the park on a small bridge looking down at the water when an older man appeared out of the darkness. Seeing his downcast look, the older man stopped and demanded to know what the matter was. For some reason, the businessman told him all about his financial problems and how close his business was to collapsing, even though it was a good business and had a good potential future. The older man listened intently and then said, I think I can help you. He pulled out a checkbook of his pocket, asked the man his name and wrote a check for him, pushed it into his hand and said, Take this money, meet me here exactly one year from today, and you can pay me back at the time. Then the old man turned and disappeared into the darkness. When the businessman returned to his office, he opened up the check and found that it was for $500,000. He thought it was a joke until he read the signature. The signature read, John D. Rockefeller. He had received a check for half a million dollars from the richest man in the world at the time, the man who had formed the Standard Oil Company and who was well known for giving money away to others. At first he thought he would cash the check and solve all his financial problems, but then he decided that instead he would put the check in the safe knowing that he could call upon it any time. He would use this knowledge of having this amount of money to deal more confidently with his suppliers and creditors and to turn his business around. With renewed enthusiasm, he plunged back into his business and made deals, negotiated settlements, extended terms of payment, and closed several large sales. Within a few months, his business was back on top, out of debt and making money. One year later, he went back to the bridge in the park with the uncashed check still in his hand. He could hardly wait to tell the older man what had happened. At exactly the agreed time, the older man emerged from the darkness once more. Just as the businessman was about to give him back his check and tell him his exciting story of success and achievement, over the previous 12 months, a nurse came running out of the darkness up to the old man and grabbed his arm. She apologized to the businessman saying, 
I'm so glad I caught him. I hope he hasn't been bothering you. He's always escaping from the rest home and going around telling people that he is John D. Rockefeller. She took the old man's hand and led him away. The businessman just stood there stunned. All year long, he had been wheeling and dealing, buying and selling and building his business with the calm, confident knowledge that he had a $500,000 check in his safe that he could cash on any time. It suddenly dawned on him that he had made his business successful based on his beliefs, even though the information on which his beliefs were based were false. It has been his self-confidence in action that was responsible for the turnaround in his affairs. And um, I'm going to leave you now in the hands of Marie-Pierre, who's going to explain a little bit more about this belief. Over to you, Marie-Pierre. Thank you, Melanie. And yes, those beliefs, we can call them paradigms. Because the paradigm is that set of belief, value, or practice that will constitute the way of viewing our reality. So everyone has their own set of belief, our own paradigm. But it's important to understand what are your paradigm so you can be self-aware and understand what are those core beliefs and how you see the world. Because if you want to grow, if you want to be a, a uh, adaptable in your life, you have to recognize that yes, there's maybe the need to be open to new paradigm. You may be need in the need of a paradigm shift. So yes, you want to analyze first your paradigm. So that's what we will start with is understanding your current paradigm. So, of course, I have a few questions for you. You can answer in the comment, in the chat. It's always fun when you answer in the comments so we can uh, see a few of your answers. So, let's start with that first part, that is identify your core belief. So, first, a question. What are your three beliefs that you hold most strongly? So, for example, you believe in hard work that will lead to success, that you value honesty in all interaction, the importance of family above personal ambition. So what are those three beliefs that you hold most strongly? After that, we go to the next question. I know maybe you will not have an answer for me now, don't worry, all this exercise will be available on the group Les Millionaires des Diamants Inspirational Group. So if you need more time to reflect on this, you can uh, take it from the group. So next question is how do this belief will influence your daily decision and interaction? So for example, if you have that belief of hard work will lead to success, you will choose to work overtime. You will choose to work to achieve your career goals. If you value honesty in all your interaction, you will have those decisions to being transparent with your friend, even in difficult time. So that is the first part, identify your core belief. The second step is to reflect on their origin. So the first question, where do you think this belief come from? Maybe family, culture, personal experiences. 
So for example, if I take Maria, she talks a lot about this in the last week, of course. She said, hard work ethic comes from her dad. <laughs> so maybe hard work will uh, come from observing your parent dedication. That honesty may be from a teacher when you were in school. Maybe that strong family bond was emphasized when you were a child. So where do you think this belief come from? The next question is how have this belief been reinforced over time? Because yes, to see it one time, okay, you can believe it. But to have that core belief, you have to, they have to be reinforced over time. So for example, again, about hard work, yes, you saw maybe your parent dedication and after that you start working and you start receiving promotion when you uh, do to your hard work so that reinforces your belief that yes it's um, efficient if i work hard i will get success if you experience a stronger friendship due to your honesty of course that will reinforce your belief if your family support you in time of crisis, again, that will reaffirming the importance of your family. The next step, you want to assess that influence in your life. So that first question in that third part is in what ways have this belief positively impact your life? So again, in the example, you have career advancement from your hard work. You have a trusted relationship to you due to your honesty, emotional support from your family. So how those beliefs positively impact your life? The next question is in what ways might they have limited or negative negatively impact you? So maybe you have you you missed an experience due to overworking or maybe you have occasional conflict because of your honesty <laughs> maybe you compromise your personal dream for family responsibility so in what ways they might have limited or negatively impacted you and your life and that's the moment that i will tell you <laughs> Yes, maybe you have paradigm that have limited you, that maybe impacted you negatively. But you know what? There's an expiration date to blame your past. There's an expiration date to blame your parent and it's 18 years old. <laughs> so now you have that power to say, I can change my paradigm. It's not because it's something that I believe all my life that I can, <laughs> that I have to keep going with that paradigm you can shift your paradigm so that's where i will tell you that story that comes from stephen covey book to understand what are uh, what are those paradigm shift that we can have after that there's another part of this exercise so the story of the kids on the train so in his book, Stephen Covey share a personal experience that profoundly impact his understanding of paradigm and how they shape our perception. So the story goes, 
Covey was traveling on a subway in New York City. Initially, the subway, wa uh, subway car was calm and quiet. At one stop, a man entered the subway car with his children. So the children were loud and <laughs> running everywhere, causing a commotion, while the father sat down and closed his eyes, appearing disengaged and obviously oblivious of the situation. So Covey, feeling irritated, approached the father and politely asked if he could control his children as they were disturbing other passengers. The father seemed to awaken from his thought and apologized to Covey, explaining that they were just coming from the hospital where his wife, their mother, had passed away. He admitted that he didn't know how to handle the situation and the children were probably acting out because they didn't know how to cope either. So, of course, <laughs> that lesson, this incident was powerful, a powerful reminder that the importance of understanding and empathizing with others' situation before jumping to conclusion. So he realized that his initial annoyance was based on his own paradigm. And with that new information, his perspective shifted dramatically and replacing irritation with compassion. So this story is a profound example of how a shift in your paradigm can change our understanding of a situation completely. So again, in your life, do you have those paradigms that need to be shifted? <laughs> so again, we'll continue with this exercise in that new part that is exploring the impact of your paradigm shift. So first part in that paradigm shift, you want to uh, encounter different perspectives. So can you recall a time when you encounter a perspective that significantly differed from your own? Maybe it's not that intense, <laughs> that, <laughs> that story of the kids on the train. It's really something that is really intense, but probably you have an encounter perspective that really um, changed your paradigm. So how did this encounter make you feel and did it cause you to reconsider your belief? And then think of new experiences or knowledge that challenge your existing belief. So how does these new experiences or new knowledge have impact on your perspective? So again, I know maybe you will need more time to reflect on this. <laughs> so yes, you will have time. But remember that all this analyze is to make sure that you are self-aware of where you are now and how you can change to be better in life. So, of course, you want to consider the origin, the impact, and the potential changes of your paradigm to make sure that you keep growing in your life. So I hope that you understand more about those paradigm and paradigm shift. Thank you, Marie-Pierre, oh, that story. Every time I hear it, it just gets me. It just gets me. And I, I understand so much that, you know, I've been in this business for 41 years and I've dealt with all kinds of people. And it's that first in time I read the book of Stephen Covey out of the whole book, I think was the only part that stuck in my head, just by the way. So even if you've read a book, you got to read it over and over, but it was enough for that story. So every time I met people 
who got under my skin, Marie-Pierre. I always remembered that story because that was my perception of that person. I needed to understand where they came from. And then from there, if she was a student, then I could help her out or I could help him out. Anyways, that being said, what a powerful, powerful podcast. I don't know what it did for you guys, but for me this morning, it just took me to a whole new level. I'm so excited to plan next week's meeting with my A-team at 9.30. And, you know, a podcast like this morning is going to change for me the whole energy of the meeting we're going to be having at 9.30. The power of belief. Belief in, in, in thinking you can do something, okay, even if it's hard. And that brings me to my dad, my dad. <laughs> Be ready to hear about him a lot, a lot, a lot in the next few weeks, right? My dad trying to teach me how to handle a bike. Anybody else here on Zoom, their dad taught them how to drive a bike? Yes, good. Okay, so if you were like me, we got on the bike and we fell and we, you know, scraped an elbow, scraped a knee, but we got back on that bike. Why? Because we believed that we're going to ride that bike and one day we were going to zoom all around town freely and like a champion. And that's what made us, well, I'm going to talk for me, get back on the bike, go again, fall, get back, get back on the bike, go again, because I knew I was going to be a pro one day. That, that's basically how it goes. So if you take that example of the bike, what, what is the lesson here? Well, you got to work hard. <laughs> you, you know, it comes back to our speech Wednesday and Thursday night in French. You got to have an unwavering schedule, right? That gives us confidence. Number two, in the unwavering schedule, you got to have a clear system of what actually generates results. That builds confidence because you know that over time, even if you're not good at it at first, can I talk to you about my first Tupperware parties? I mean, it was the most horrendous thing you have to sit through was me giving a Tupperware party at 18 years old. Like, I, I, where do I begin about me burning the quiche in your microwave or throwing the entire lasagna on your white carpet? Where do you want me to begin? But I was absolutely confident, Melanie, that one day I would be the best demonstrator in the Tupperware world. So it didn't matter the mistake. This is how I want you to leave the podcast, okay? You are strong and you are more capable than you think. I need you, I need you to trust yourself. I need you to believe in yourself. And I promise you, my friends, with hard work and dedication and an unwavering schedule, you will meet all your goals that you have set for yourself. Okay, but if you don't have that unwavering schedule, you'll never have the self-confidence necessary to believe you can achieve all your goals. So you trust in your work ethic. That's it, you know. And one day, as I do over and over and over and over again, the same things, what happened, Melanie? I became the best. I became the best at A, B, C, D, simply because I knew I had to give myself time and I knew I had to work hard. Guys, have an amazing weekend. God willing, we'll see each other on Monday. We love you so much. I love you guys so much. I really want you to elevate yourself to the next level. Not for you, for future generation. Always remind yourself, what is my family going to say at my eulogy the day I pass away? And that's the day we have to work for. Love you so much. Happy weekend. Bye-bye, everyone. Oh, 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 oh,